We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Tuesday, take five. It's the new format we're doing for the 2023 NFL season. Every Monday evening during Monday Night Football, Dave Cabin and I are running down the top five fantasy performances from the Sunday games and figuring out using Rotoviz Advanced Metrics what really drove those performances. Do we have any takeaways for future weeks and for your fantasy teams? So, uh, you know, we think you'll, you'll enjoy this. You can follow along if you're live streaming. You can follow along and see the data that we're using in the Monday review tool uh, where Dave imports all of this data uh, for your viewing pleasure each Monday. Dave, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. It was a very exciting weekend of NFL action. Um, yeah. There are two yeah. games going on on my television right now that I have paused that I need to catch up on. Some absolutely wild performances. We're going to be talking about Miami some in what was an absolutely insane thing. And Curtis, I got, I got to bring this up, right? Because I have a platform in which I can say it. I swear that at noon, while I was sitting there working through my lineups, I swear that I had a team where I said, you know what? I feel like trotting out Raheem Mostert this week and I subbed him in from Brian Robinson. I fell asleep for a little bit. I woke up at the start at like 110 and realized that this change had not happened. So I don't know if I was dreaming it. I don't know what happened, but my team is doing very well. And if I look at the total leaderboard in the FPC, I really would have liked to have had those extra like 40 points that I would have had from, from Mostert. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, the upgrade from Mostert uh, to Mostert from Robinson would be appreciated in any lineup. We'll get to... Uh, Raheem Mostert's uh, banner day when we break down the running backs. Dave, why don't you hit a drop? Let's get into the quarterback position. All right, so we are running through the Rotoviz advanced metrics behind the fantasy breakout performances in week three, starting with the quarterback position. The top five performers this week were Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, Lamar Jackson, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Patrick Mahomes. Of course, this excludes Monday Night Football. There's some really interesting things laying behind some of these performances. But, man, I, as, as exciting as it is to talk about the quarterbacks, like the performances they drove for some of the other skill players are what we really want to talk about. So we're going to go through quarterback kind of quickly uh, because when we get to running back and wide receiver, I think we're going to need camp out there and spend some time. 
Now, the Chargers and Vikings game, Dave, that was one that everyone had targeted as, you know, a big-time shootout, and it really didn't disappoint, uh, especially on the Chargers' side of things. I mean, Justin Herbert completed 85% of his passes on 47 attempts. I mean, this guy's 40 of 47, 405 yards, three touchdowns, uh, added 11 yards on the ground. And the thing that was just really nice for you and I, Dave, is that connection with Keenan Allen just really – coming to the forefront. We're obviously going to talk about Keenan Allen uh, in the wide receiver section here, but you know, Herbert was, I mean, he was dealing man, 319 uh, passing air yards. Um, definitely a top 10 performance there as well. Um, 29.3 fantasy points. And I mean, it goes to show you as much, you know, value as we place on running the football for the quarterback position, you know, some of these gunslingers can still get it done. And the game environment was right, Dave. So Justin Herbert, You know, he was so easy to stack uh, on the back end of Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams' selections in best ball all offseason. So a lot of people, you know, probably seeing those teams climb up the leaderboards, as you kind of hinted, you're watching one of your squads do that. Anything that you would like to take away or add on this uh, Chargers quarterback performance this week? I, I would just like to add, too, that, you know, this was a performance that came on the heels of a lot of air yards, passed for 319 total air yards. Did have an average depth of target of 6.8. Not the highest total on the week, but higher than uh, the passer that we see right be Actually, the next two passers right behind him. Uh, so just really good stuff from Justin Herbert. Last year, I feel like at points, some people were questioning how good he was. I think the way that this system's functioning this year, you're going to see a lot yeah. of people realize yeah. uh, that you put him in the right system. He is a very, very good quarterback. All right. So through three weeks, Justin Herbert... No, no Austin Eckler, no problem. Him and Kellen Moore are doing just fine. Uh, of note from this game, Dave, I don't know if you saw the update yet today. Mike Williams was diagnosed with a torn ACL out for the season. So I think they'll lean in even harder on Keenan and maybe some other players uh, who were targeted later in drafts as well. As sterling as Justin Herbert was, Tua Tagovailoa, 88.5% completion percentage, 23 of 26 for 309 yards and four touchdowns. The man could do no wrong. It was all happening after the catch this week. You know, we we lauded uh, Tua for pushing the ball downfield in week two. In week three, it was really all about what the skill players did for Tua. I mean, it, they were they were basically mercy ruling the Broncos throughout this game, and it just didn't matter. Like Tua just <laughs> kept throwing touchdowns, only 150 passing air yards despite his 309 uh, actual passing yards, uh, 28.4. Fantasy points this week, uh, less than a point behind Herbert for the QB1 crown uh, in week three, Dave. So, yeah, you kind of alluded to this, but what's pretty crazy here, Curtis, is an average depth of target of just 5.8, the lowest of any quarterback on our leaderboard, uh, with the exception of Dak Prescott this week. But if you look at the uh, the yards per attempt, they're at 11.9. He's the only player that crests nine um, and actually the player behind him, <laughs> interestingly, is Josh Dobbs, but it just goes to yeah. show how insane what his skill players were yeah. doing with the ball after, yeah. you know, he got it to them did this week. So incredible stuff for Miami in that game. That's going to be one I think people remember for a very long time. I mean, he didn't even have Jalen Waddle, right? I mean, I mean, like it's just, yeah. it's, it's insane. It's insane what the dolphins are doing right now. Really fun to watch uh, at QB three, Lamar Jackson, you know, 
the, the Ravens are not putting together, you know, this 6,000 passing yard type of season that, you know, people are going crazy about after yeah. watching camp this summer. But, you know, hey, if Lamar can go 200-100 uh, in a handful of weeks this year, I mean, all of his his fantasy managers would sign up for that in a heartbeat. You give me 3,500 passing yards and over 1,000 rushing yards, you know, that feels pretty good. So he does not get into the end zone through the air this week in this um, surprising loss to the Colts. But he did add 101 yards on the ground and, and two rushing touchdowns, 28.2 fantasy points, just two points behind. Tua uh, finishes as the QB3. Uh, Dave, I mean, he he was trying to get it done. I mean, 189 passing yards, 202 total uh, yards, but you know, just 22 of 31. Yeah, It doesn't really seem like there's, a gr- there's still that great downfield connection. You, know, you would almost hope that that connection with Mark Andrews was really even coming to the forefront a little bit. What's nice about Lamar is he is bailing out his managers with this performance with his legs, but you would like him to see, you would like to see him create some of that chemistry uh, with Zay flowers or others. And then, you know, get back to the basics with Mark Andrews and they haven't quite been there yet. I think that breakout game is, is yet to come, but it's coming soon. So here's the crazy stat in this one, Curtis Lamar Jackson uh, his yards per attempt passing, 6.5. Yards per <laughs> attempt rushing, 7.2. Uh, which just kind of tells you what transpired <laughs> through the air in this one. Are you serious? Are you serious? That's I'm amazing. Serious. Yeah, full uh, yard more. Higher? Oh, wow. I, I'm not... When have, when have you seen that before? I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I can't um, say that I paid attention to this, you know, week in and week out. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, his, his average yeah. depth of target was just 6.1. So this is something you probably do not see very often. Yeah, this is like, uh, I guess this is probably a Lamar slash Justin Fields stat uh, that we could keep an eye on in coming weeks. Yep. So round, so we, those are the top three. I mean, rounding out the top five, we've got Kirk Cousins and Pat Mahomes. Uh, totally different game environments for these two guys, but, you know, they both delivered. Uh, Captain Kirk, 367 passing yards, three touchdowns. 28 yards to the ground. Which is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I give it up. Kirk you know, every chance I get. It's Dave's boy. You know, it's Dave's boy. Uh, you know, 28 rushing yards on the ground on three attempts. No, no rushing touchdown, but Kirk with a couple of scrambles there. 223 uh, passing air yards, 25.7 fantasy points actually ties him um, with Mahomes at QB. Five Mahomes totally different game environment. I mean, they just absolutely boat raced the Bears, forty-one to three. Taylor Swift was in attendance, cheering on the Chiefs, which I think was more interesting than anything that happened in the game. Um, which is which is nuts. Yeah, uh, I, I I really loved seeing the various social media posts, like Taylor Swift and Mama Kelsey hanging out at the game. Like I I don't know. I I guess it just strikes me funny anytime you would see Taylor Swift and the words Mama Kelsey uh, <laughs> next to each other. As, you know, of course, that gave my wife some interest in the game. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, my, so my wife and I talked about that, yeah. that that as well. You know, apparently, For too, sure. you know, she made quick friends with Tom Hiddleston's mom, but, you know, that didn't last either. So, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of storylines yeah. there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not a Taylor Swift pod, but maybe we'll do that in the future. Um, <laughs> yeah. three, three touchdowns, 272 passing yards for uh, Pat Mahomes. And, uh, oh, I was actually, I actually, um, mixed up these rushing lines, Dave. It was Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at their names right next to each other with the 28 rushing yards. Kirk only had 10 yards. Sorry. I got to subtract 18 from that All right. from your well, boy. Well, uh, yeah. but I mean, Mahomes 
just making classic Pat Mahomes plays. Uh, I think the the highlight of the game is probably the step up into the pocket, the rollout to the right, firing a dime 30-plus yards down the field uh, over the outside shoulder of the receiver where only he could get it. I mean, you know, this guy's just an alien. And, you know, even in a game where the, the team, you know, was way out ahead and, and Patrick Mahomes leaves early, you know, with a little bit of, you know, being dinged up, you know, he's still a top five fantasy QB. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Took zero sacks also, uh, which is, you know, always something that you like to see for your fantasy passers. All right, let's hit the running backs. Uh, It was the Miami show, man. Eight touchdowns. (laughs) Eight (laughs) touchdowns by Miami running backs. Oh, my Lord. You know, you would have, if either Devon Chain or Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert had scored two touchdowns, people would have loved it. Um, and each of those guys doubled it. I mean, it's, it's just, I, I can't, um, I actually did see this because Adam Harstad put it on X. This happened back in like 2004. For the or 2003 for the Chiefs or something, wow. and it was like Derek Derek Blaylock and uh, Larry Johnson or Priest Holmes or somebody like that. I mean, it's been 20 years since this has happened, and it's, it's happened rarely in NFL history. This was just crazy. It was yeah. crazy. I mean, Mostert went berserk early in the game, and then a change just kept ripping off long runs. I mean, both of them had you know over four receptions. You know, Mostert with seven. I mean, the Dolphins literally were trying to keep the ball short and and not embarrass. I mean, Sean Payton's going to retire after this game. I mean, this was just absolutely nuts. The the, the scoring's just incre- it's crazy, man. Devonta Chain fifty one point three PPR. Raheem Mostert forty five point two PPR. If you put those two together, it's ninety six point five points. Okay, <laughs> if if that's that's more. Dave, it's more than the next four running backs combined. Running backs three through six for the week didn't score as much as running backs one and two did. Just absolutely insane. The system and the talent overlapping. What are some of the advanced stats, um, if you care to share any uh, from these guys? All right. Well, the the first thing that's really insane about this is you have, as far as a receiver goes, Raheem Mostert putting up 71 yards after the catch, actually at an average depth of target here, of negative 1.6. And then he's turning that into uh, 71 yards after the catch, total of 60 receiving yards, you know, a chain, similar thing there. Of course he had the two receiving touchdowns Um, in terms of rushing uh, a chain at 11.3 yards per attempt. Not really an advanced stat there, but just absolutely. But on on 18 carries. On, eight, on 18 carries, exactly. he averaged 11.3. That's Those are unheard of numbers for an NFL game. Right. So, you know, I mean, the other thing, too, actually, that stands out about this, Curtis, that is pretty interesting, is you had a chain with a 14.3% target share, Raheem Mostert with a 25% target share, and you saw what they were doing. I can only imagine what would have happened if you potentially would have had Waddle there and Hill, and imagine if you just given them each, like, a 40% target share. They may have scored every play. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, because Tyreek went, you know, nuclear too in this game. We'll get to him in a minute. It's you know, hey, so so the Dolphins look great. You know, they look like they could be on a historically, you know, impressive pace. It's a long season. You know, there's going to be some games where this type of stuff doesn't happen. 
you know, you're counting your blessings. I think Mostert was probably in a lot of lineups because of other running backs that were out and he's looked pretty good, you know, so far this year, you know, for a chain, I mean, I, I've seen stats. He was only starting 4% of like FFPC leagues where he's rostered uh, people waiting to see that breakout. You know, that's, that's the thing, you know, with these guys, it's like, you know, the, the second that we saw that Mostert was going to be backed up by a chain and, and the, and the depth chart had thinned out, you know, we, we see this at wide receiver all the time. And it's one thing that Rotoviz preaches, especially Sean about the importance of capturing the breakout performance when it happens. Yeah. I mean, if you miss, if you miss the 51.3, because a chain wasn't on your best ball roster, but you're talking about a roster management team, you know, you can't get that back. You know, and it could matter for tiebreakers. It could matter for league titles. Um, so th- there is a lesson behind this breakout for a chain as well. Is just just to keep you know be mindful of what's happening with the depth charts heading into a Sunday and game environments that you know could spur players on to breakout performances. There were three other big performances that we want to get to at the running back position. Kenneth Walker, man, Kenny Walker. An RB3 week. I mean, two touchdowns, Dave. Yep. I mean, you look like a focal point of of this offense. You know, Carolina came into town trying to get it done, get this road win against the 12 in Seattle. Kenneth Walker's having none at, none of it, man. I mean, 30.6 PPR. Uh, I'll have to go back and check uh, for accuracy after the, the recording, but if memory serves, this may have been the best performance of his career to date. It may well have been. And, you know, a, a, something interesting that's worth pointing out here, too. You know, yards after the catch seem, seem to be the theme of the day. But we'll talk about Christian McCaffrey uh, in a minute. But McCaffrey had five receptions, 45 yards after the catch as a point of reference there. Kenneth Walker, three receptions, 42 yards after the catch. Uh, yeah, so we're seeing him, yeah. you know, show some ability, too, as a playmaker, on receptions as well, which if he's able to put that into his arsenal in addition to the rushing that we're seeing out of him, you know, he's in line for a couple more performances like that. So very encouraging from Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I mean, we know Pete's going to lean on his backs. Um, You know, we did see a little bit more from Zach Charbonnet this game as well. Uh, So maybe the Seahawks are still kind of figuring out that offense. We haven't seen the breakouts at the wide receiver position yet. Geno's starting a little slower than he did last year. But hey, I mean, Kenny... Kenny Walker could end up being one of those big values um, as a year or two back uh, from fantasy drafts this year. So, you know, highly encouraging. He was obviously uh, in a lot more lineups probably than most are, and certainly than a chain yep. uh, in week three. So congrats to his managers uh, for starting him. You already alluded to CMC's performance. I mean, this is going way back to what last Thursday night. And I mean, he just continues to be a revelation. I mean, the, the, those drafters that took him, you know, even over Jamar Chase, you know, at the 102, you know, I, I even saw some people that had him as, as their 101, especially in half PPR uh, formats. You know, I mean, you can just set your clock to this guy, 22.9 PPR in a somewhat just kind of pedestrian performance. He's still out here throwing up an RB for a week, Dave. Yeah, CMC, uh, you know, just doing more CMC-like things. Um, from a receiving perspective, we do see him capture a target share of 14.7, you know, always going to have a a healthy target share goes for uh, 4.7 yards per per rushing attempt. Um, McCaffrey, like you alluded to, I think, you know, one of those players really justifying the investment that uh, fantasy majors made into him. And this really shouldn't come as a surprise. So, you know, as always, just good things from CMC. Well, a late preseason slash early season, 
uh, waiver wire darling and Zach Moss uh, actually is the RB five. I mean, many had hoped that you know Jerome Ford would be there. He did have a nice week. He did. Didn't make didn't make the top five though for our Tuesday Take Five episode here. It was Zach Moss with just a gargantuan thirty rushing attempts. Uh, for 122 rushing yards, did not get into the end zone, but it didn't matter on the ground because he did through the air with 23 receiving yards and receiving touchdown. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's the year 2023 and Zach Moss is still relevant. I did not see that coming from a dynasty perspective or from a prospect perspective. And uh, I mean, to his credit, I mean, he's producing here with Minshew mania going on, even without the benefit of Anthony Richardson and his running threat. I mean, this is big stuff. I I wouldn't have thought we would have seen any 22.5 PPR games for Zach Moss, but right now he looks like a focal point of the Colts offense. Well, so this is one of those performances too that kind of underscores this interesting thing that we're seeing with running backs in the league, right? No Jonathan Taylor, yet we are seeing a Colts team now being constructed yeah. in a way different than expected yeah. with their leading rusher going for 122 rush yards. Now you could say, well, he did rush 30 times, but he still put up 4.1 yards uh, per carry. Would Jonathan Taylor have done better? You know, probably, but uh, it's just really notable what Moss was able to do for this offense. And I think Moss is also an example of sometimes you have these players, Curtis, that every time you want to push them off to the side, once they get a little opportunity, they just come crawling back in. And, uh, you know, Zach Moss just feels like the prototype for that. There's a lot of times back when he was with, you know, with Buffalo where you thought you might have seen the last of him that he'd kind of resurface. Who was the back that he was kind of sharing that backfield with at the time? I can't even remember right now. Another player that never fully put it together. Who was it? That was Devin Singletary. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, you could say he kind of put it together a little bit more, I think. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, they, they were, it, it was kind of like a sum of, you know, the whole was greater than the sum of the parts type situation. I mean, working in tandem, they were complementary pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, hey, Zach Moss was the ultimate, you know, kind of compiler type back. And he's a, you know, he's going to, evidently, he's still good enough to win you your fantasy week on volume. Um, it does make you a little sick to think about what types of performances Jonathan oh, Taylor could have been putting up with this type of workload. And, you know, hey, if the Colts are, you know, 500 or better, maybe he won't feel like he needs to prove his point. Maybe he's back here, you know, in a month or so uh, in your fantasy lineup. So, but for right now, those who added Zach Moss off of the waiver wire or drafted him late in the drafts are uh, very happy. Let's get to the wide receiver position where things were just as exciting as the running back position. And our boy, Keenan Allen, the guy we were drafting around ahead of ADP all offseason, Dave. The focal point of so many Curtis Patrick and Dave Caven shared fantasy teams this year, leading the way with 45.5 PPR insane numbers. Uh, Keenan Allen now has the record uh, for uh, most 15 reception games in her career. Dave, he had 215 receiving yards. Yeah, play it, man. I mean, play it. He had 20 targets. He had 20 targets. 41.7 target share. Justin Herbert was really just singing his praises after the game, called him a quarterback's best friend. It's exactly what we've envisioned happening. You know, with Mike Williams out, we could lean into this even further, perhaps. Could we see a Cooper Cup type uh, season for Keenan Allen? Time will tell. Uh, give us a couple of the advanced metrics from the Monday Review tool here, Dave. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sure. So an air yard share of 36.4. He did have 99 yards after the catch. A racer of 1.734, uh, which is essentially getting at his conversion rate on air yards, which was very, very high. Only Debo Samuel had more this week. Uh, weighted opportunity rating, actually, that was fairly, well, in comparison to eh, an 88, pretty high. But like you kind of spoke about, he's probably now going to be capturing more work with Mike Williams not there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Whopper is one of those things you look at when you're trying to find guys moving forward that are going to continue to have uh, either, you know, a, a breakout on the way or to continue doing what they're doing. So you love to see that for Allen and then from a um, a target share perspective, was at 41.7. You asked the question about if a Cooper Cup-like season could yeah. be in play. If somebody's going to do it this season, it there's really a great case to be made that it's going to be Keenan Allen. Um, you know, just tremendous volume, able to do so much with it. And people that might have thought that Allen was going to, you know, lose a step approaching this, uh, you know, later portion of his career just does not appear to be happening. Oh man. Yeah. It's so good. Um, you can't, you can't victory lap good players in, in week three, but you know, Keenan Allen and, and actually the top, all, all, you know, the top three wide receivers in uh, the take five this week are all guys that were accused of being over the hill yeah. uh, for this year. So as, as a guy that is careening towards his 40th birthday later this fall, Dave, you love to see it. You just absolutely love to see these veteran wide receivers uh, doing their thing, man. So uh, congrats to Keenan Allen on one of the best games of his career. Devontae Adams, uh, you know, put up a huge performance in vain as the Raiders lose an embarrassing uh, home matchup. But, it, you know, not Devontae Adams' fault here. Uh, he also had 20 targets alongside Keenan Allen there. 13 receptions, 172 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. 240 air yards from Jimmy G. I mean, that's that's nuts. Um, what else can you tell us about this Adams performance? Because, you know, I th this this guy might prove to be one of the best values of the early second round. Yeah, uh, it, you know, he probably should have been being drafted over a lot of players that went at the, the one two turn. Yeah. So if you look at the top 20 this week, his 240 air yards, the next closest player is kind of a surprise is DJ Chark at 188. Speaking to oh, the murder, the field yeah. murdered. The he field. did. He actually accounted yeah. for 52.6 of the Raiders air Jeez. yards, an a dot of 12. 
Uh, also, one of the stronger weighted opportunity ratings of the week, which kind of speaks to the quality of what he's able to get in, co yep. you know, in concert with the volume there. And as you said, 172 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Also, the, the 20 targets is just insane. But the thing is, you give Devonta Adams 20 targets, and you know that it's going to be hard for you to spend those 20 oh. targets any better. Uh, you know, more of this is is on the way. And, uh, you know, the exciting thing about some of these players, and I wrote about in the passing game matchup article this week, is there are certain players like Adams that are just so good that the matchup doesn't mean anything. We see that from him time and time again. You know, no matter what the situation is, he's going to go out there and ball. So some fun names yeah. that you're expecting to see. But, Curtis, another player that may have had a couple of mentions may have got placed onto a couple of our our teams and some of these teams were accused of being a little boring, but I think one of these <laughs> names is showing, you know, a little bit of excitement this week. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, the number one exposure across my five, my number one wide receiver exposure across my 500 plus best ball teams this season, Mr. Adam Thielen. He's not dust, Dave. I was worried he was dust after watching the first couple games. He's not dust. 14 targets, 11 receptions, 145 yards. I mean, you know, I think people that would have argued against Thielen would have said, yeah, if he has an 11 reception game this year, okay, fine. It's going to be for like 81 yards. Yep. Um, you know, he he did real damage on the road uh, for Andy Dalton filling in for Bryce Young here. And, you know, this is what the Panthers, you know, had envisioned. You know, one guy, old reliable, as they start to kind of build uh, this new off offensive program there, and I, you know, I got burned going in hard on Jarvis Landry when he, you know, became a New Orleans Saint. Uh, it looks like at least there's some hope for not getting burned on this Adam Thielen call. Um, yeah, despite it being highly, highly, highly boring. Uh, he, he's got something left in those legs, Dave. I mean, I, I'm yeah. going to quickly run it down here because I, I want you to tell us all about Tyreek's exciting yeah. season. But, you know, 28.9 uh, air yards share for Adam Thielen, uh, 40 yards after the catch. I mean, he's always been a, a shifty, agile guy in space. It's nice to see him still adding something there uh, with the legs. A 9.9 A dot, which is respectable, uh, over a 1.05 uh, in his racer. I mean, 31.5 PPR. I mean, I think if, if you would have said Adam Thielen's best week in 2023 over or under 30 PPR, you know, it would have been a 90 to 95% people voting under on that. So, I mean, this, this is a huge game for him and, you know, you feel good for him after basically being told to, to leave town uh, with the Vikings. It's nice to see him have at least one game's worth of success in Carolina. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing here too, Curtis, that uh, kind of interesting about it though, is this was a game with Andy Dalton under center. You do wonder if when yeah. Bryce Young returns, we're going to see some more of this or if it, you know, kind of signals like, Hey, like this is a player that can help you out uh, and that we need to get involved more. But yeah, when you see 138 air guards for players of Thielen's age, you got to like that. The, the one thing I'll say here before we transition to Tyreek too, yep. is this Bryce Young injury. Um, it was described as potentially being a multi-week injury. So with somebody like Thielen, you know, he, a lot of people probably missed this game mm -hmm. uh, in their lineup. But if, if Dalton starts another week, I wouldn't want you to miss on Thielen's points. I mean, this connection is real. These are two veteran guys, uh, probably able to speak the same language pretty easily. So as long as Dalton's starting, I think that you could safely pencil uh, Thielen in as your wide receiver three or a flex. I, I wouldn't want to miss out 
on on more performances like this. And when Young comes back, you know, if you want to give it a prove me week, you know, I think that's totally acceptable. But um, don't miss the points next week if Dalton's back under center. Also, how about Andy Dalton with a top eight performance here in 2023 yeah, fantasy football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a thing on uh, on Instagram earlier this week where um, somebody was talking about Dalton having success again. And it was like the problem with Andy Dalton has never been his ability. It's just been that what what I look for in my quarterback is a guy that I would not feel comfortable spending an evening alone with my wife. <laughs> and 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 the guy was like, you know if Andy Dalton shows up at my door and, and, and tells me that he's taking my wife to dinner and uh, a trip to the go-kart track, I'm saying, have fun, buddy. Have her <laughs> home by 11. Um, so, you know, I think that that's just, you know, it's been kind of the way he plays too. It's like, yeah. you know, he's never been a big risk taker, but you know, somehow the fancy points get there and that's great. You know, that's, that's another one. I mean, he's been jumping around team to team to team. Kind of nice to see him, you know, throw up a good game. He did throw, uh, I think what the, the game crippling interception there at the end, um, which is also something that he's done uh, yep. through throughout his career. Yep. So <laughs> let's talk about Tyreek Hill. One of the <laughs> other key pieces in that Miami Dolphins game, uh, 11 targets, a target share of 39.3, which equates to nine or excuse me, 11 targets put up nine receptions, 157 receiving yards, and a touchdown, uh, an air yard share of 68.1, 126 air yards, which kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier as to how like Miami actually was kind of like pumping the brakes here to some degree. And um, a racer of 1.246, so really converting those air yards strongly, finishes with 30.7 PPR. And I'm going to quickly do one thing here, Curtis, and just zoom out. And uh, if we look right now at Tyreek Hill across the year, what's pretty interesting is 90.2 PPR, averaging over 30 PPR per game. Of course, Keenan Allen, who we talked about earlier, is actually 0.6 PPR ahead of him. But at this point, Allen and Hill, a good 12-plus points ahead of (laughs) Justin Jefferson. Oh, man. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, Tyreek, he's just so good. He's just so good. Um, and, you know, I'll say this before we get to the wide receiver five. You know, Tyreek's already told us he doesn't plan to play forever. Mm-hmm. He's going to totally bury Sander us, Dave. I mean, Tyreek is a player that should be able to, with his elite athleticism, he should be able to be highly viable into his mid-30s. And, you know, I, I, I think that we're not going to see that. He may be a, one of these players that goes out on top um, we've just, we really need to appreciate these performances from, from this level of player, you know, while we can, because I mean, you know, yeah, I, I've taken, I've taken these players, these all time great type players for granted before. Uh, but I'm really trying to learn my lesson here. And I mean, he's just, he's just special. He's must, must see TV, uh, anytime the dolphins are on, um, Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver five. Uh, Dave, no surprise. I mean, he's obviously a regular here. Did have 13 targets and seven receptions, 149 receiving yards. Um, you know, it's another, you know, what, 27 point PPR. We, it's not like Jefferson's a slouch. I mean, he's the wide receiver three with over 70 <laughs> points through three weeks, but it's just, you know, some of the stellar performances of other guys. It's like, yeah, Justin Jefferson's in there too, I guess. 
Yeah. So, you know, not to gloss over Justin Jefferson here, but I want to make sure that we talk <laughs> about, well, I mean, we, you know, Justin Jefferson, this is yeah. nothing new here, but I do want to make sure that we fit in because, you know, we're starting to encroach on the time allotted for this episode. I, I need to mention Tank Dell, right? Seven yeah. targets, five yeah. receptions, 24.1 target share, goes for 145 receiving yards and a touchdown on 136 air yards, has an air yard share of 54, 48 yards after the catch. And dot here, easily the highest of the week at 19.4, converting strongly, 25.5. I think this is notable for a couple of reasons. One, Tank Dell, another example of a player that we see with good college production that people question due to the size. And I think that we're starting to see that uh, the players that don't have the size that you've typically seen when they do make it this far, you know, it's normally for a reason. That's what you're seeing with Dell. And I also think it speaks to this per- crazy performance that we're seeing from CJ Stroud to start the year. So this is yeah. one of those fun teams. Yeah. You got some new names coming into the fray here. You know, Nico Collins didn't have a great game, but it really does look like Stroud is going to keep Collins and Dell uh, at a more than viable fantasy type of pace throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, you love to see it. He is not the only diminutive wide receiver uh, posting big plays. We even saw Calvin Austin uh, rip mm-hmm. one off uh, on Sunday Night Football. It's really cool to see the trend of different types of athletes yep. uh, producing some of these big fantasy performances. So, yeah, I appreciate you getting an honorable mention in there uh, for our boy in the minus 165 club. Um, okay, so at the tight end uh, position here, Sam Laporta with his first career tight end one week. I don't think it will be his last. Man, really impressive. Um, he was he was the f- most fun name in the top five at tight end. We're gonna we'll breeze through tight ends four and five because I don't think they're repeatable performances. But Sam Laporta, that's a that's a repeatable performance. He tied uh, T.J. Hawkinson for. Uh, the lead amongst the uh, tight ends and with 11 targets this week. He also tied uh, Hawkinson uh, with eight receptions, which was tight end one for the week. If you look at receiving yards, he was tight end two, trailing only George Kittle. What were some of the advanced stats, Dave? Yeah, well, uh, a thing that I really think is worth highlighting here, an air yard share of 32, uh, and that's Ooh. 87 total air yards, and I think that's notable on a team like Detroit, also worth mentioning that he has a target share of 35.5. And I think that this is exciting because Detroit looks to me to be a team that has some quality opportunity available there. Earlier in the year, we saw pieces like Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds getting involved. But I would not be surprised if as this season continues to move forward, you start to see some more of those kind of one-off plays getting concentrated into Laporta. So, you know, very exciting for some of these younger players there like Laporta and Gibbs when you start to think about what could be on the horizon for them throughout the rest yeah. of the season and especially what could be on the horizon for them as you move into next year. Yeah, I think the dynasty by window on Laporta probably slammed shut after this performance. And I mean, it's great. It's great. I mean, he he was, you know, if there was a reason not to draft a non-top three tight end. So, you know, everyone wanted Kelsey. People wanted Andrews. People were fine on Hawkinson. But the other guys that got kind of steamed up, you know, Waller, uh, Goddard, and Joku was hot for a bit. Yep. You know, the, th- that range of of players, 
the reason not to select them in the rounds five, six, seven is because it's because tight ends like Sam Laporta were available in rounds, you know, 11, 13, depending on what point in the summer we're talking about. And I mean, this is awesome. I mean, this is a great tight end class. It's not going to be the last time that we see a rookie finish really highly up here. Dalton Kincaid's going to have his day. Luke Musgrave is probably going to have his day. You know, some of these other guys are going to have their breakout games. And, you know, this is an exciting one. And he's going to have a long, successful career. He's going to be a desired fantasy asset for many years to come. Travis Kelsey, he would aspire to model his career after seven for 69 yards, Dave, with Taylor Swift in the audience and uh, a receiving touchdown, 19.9 PPR. Nothing else to say about Kelsey there. Um, Kittle, way back on Thursday night, I think this is one worth breaking down only because he's a little bit less consistent than Kelsey. And uh, we should also note that this performance came with the absence of Brandon Ayuk. So that's something that you want to take note of uh, before you start thinking about week four. Anything you want to share about Kittle's performance in week three? So I do think it's kind of notable what you mentioned there about Ayuk because he does get to a target share of 26.5. Nine targets goes for 90 receiving yards. Uh, had an air yard share of 37.4. Did a good job at converting what he was given into yards. And then, of course, the touchdown. Weighted opportunity rating, though, of 0.659, um, which is you know one of the higher ones on the week. But I think once you see Ayuk come back, that is going to drop down. Uh, your point about the consistency with Kittle, I think, is well noted. Um, and as a result of that, you know, I think that it's an exciting performance, but it might be kind of hard to bank on this, uh, you know, consistently week to week. Of course, he's a player that's going to be in your lineups probably no matter what. Um, but, you know, I think it, it's worth calling out that this team does seem to function differently when you have Ayuk in the lineup. It, it was. I, I don't know if you watched that uh, Thursday night game yet. Um, this week, but he he was really vibing. That yeah. the cool thing that I that I enjoy. I mean, he was playing very physical. Uh, he was super fired up throughout that contest, so that was good to see. I mean, healthy George Kittle is a very intimidating George Kittle, so um, it would be great to see him, you know, continue that. And I mean, the Niners just look unstoppable. We already yep. highlighted CMC. I mean, it, what what a diff, difficult team to to game plan for. Do we have the sad trombone sound effect out up? Uh, yeah, we do. Are we ready for it to be played? Yes. And I mean, Dave, when we see Pharaoh Brown and Donald Parham crest the top five, <laughs> a tight end in any given week, we know, we know that it was a crap week and, you know, both these guys sneak in there um, unexpectedly. Now for Pharaoh Brown, we had two receptions for 71 yards and a tidy. I mean, if you're going to break free, great. That's good for you. Uh, that's, that's going to be a highlight. That's going to be a play that he's never going to forget in his career. Donald Parham, two receptions for four yards and two touchdowns. The ultimate vulture, uh, Josh Kelly could have had a much bigger game it weren't for Donald Parham here. Uh, this, these performances helped no one. Um, so they are fantasy tight ends four and five, you know, on the stat sheet, certainly not in our hearts. So the, the honorable mention <laughs> of players who could have actually uh, helped a fantasy team, it would have been TJ Hawkinson and Evan Ingram, who are both, you know, going to be regulars and continue to be regulars in this space. Um, Dave, 
if we've been kind of keeping track of this organically episode to episode, and we did have nine double digit PPR performances from tight ends this week. Um, so a little bit above average as compared to the first two weeks. And we did have four above 15 PPR. So yep. things heating up just a little bit could be even better if we could just get Mark Andrews going. So we'll have to stay tuned on that uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, I mean, I'm loving this. This is just getting me really tuned in uh, to the breakout performances and some of the surprise places that they come from. Uh, hopefully you guys are digging this Tuesday take five format as well. Dave and I are going to be back later this week with another episode of dynasty command center. And then also our Thursday night live stream uh, start sit show. We are having so much fun with that. So if you're tuning in now, set your calendars, listen, Thursday night around seven 30 to seven 40, we're going to be going live, taking about a half hour's worth of start sit questions and help you get those lineups in tune for week four dominance. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply